Welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams, and today I wanted to talk about something that I have been reading about just recently, and it's something that I think we haven't really thought enough about. And I'm no, it's not some obscure topic or some strange piece of sacramental Eastern whatever, but no, I want to talk about one of the seven sacraments that honestly, I think in my formation was not really well talked about. And that's not baptism. It's not confirmation. It's not holy orders or marriage. It's not the Eucharist. So what is it? It's the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Now, I feel like as a priest, this is one of the things that I do all the time, and it's kind of hard to explain to people like what it does, right? For every other one of the sacraments, there's a pretty clear thing that it's supposed to do, right? So you have baptism, which is supposed to make you into an adopted child of God and give you sacramental grace. Confirmation. It's a personal Pentecost where the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside you and makes you an adult member of the church. The Eucharist is about Jesus turning bread and wine into his body and blood so that the church can offer his sacrifice. Awesome. All that makes sense. Why do we anoint sick people, though? Have you ever wondered that? Is it so that the sick person will get better? Well, sometimes. Is it so that we can save their soul? Well, if they've gone to confession and received the Eucharist, what what really else needs doing? And, and I think, honestly, that was something that was kind of in the back of my mind for, for a really long time. And one of the things that I've noticed from, from reading the New Testament and from reading the prayers and, and just thinking about anointing of the sick is that the church, for better or for worse, really seems to think that there's this connection between illness on the one hand and sin on the other, right? When we anoint someone, the second part of the anointing says, may the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. So before we talk about what the sacrament is actually supposed to do, I think it might be a good idea to explore this connection between sickness and sin. Now, one really basic and incorrect way to understand this would be to see a direct causal relationship between sickness and sin. And it's not to say that there never is a direct causal relationship, right? If we spend our entire life not taking care of our body, let's say we spend our entire life overeating, and later we develop diabetes and heart problems from that. There is a connection between our vices and our health. If we spend our whole life smoking a ton of cigarettes and not taking care of our health, and later we develop cancer, well, there is kind of a connection between our bad choices and our health. But what about, for example, a baby who develops cancer, or a child who gets AIDS through a blood transfusion? Or an old person developing dementia for no, no ostensible reason. How are we supposed to understand illness and sin when it really doesn't look like there's any connection at all? In fact, Jesus himself is asked this question about a man in, in the Gospel of John. Who sinned, this man or his parents? 
And Jesus said, neither, right? So what, what is, what's going on here? I think we have to kind of go back and understand how men and women were created in Genesis. One of the things that Genesis is trying to communicate is that men and women were created for holiness and for joy. We were not made to suffer. I want to say that again. We were not made for suffering. Illness and sickness and bad things and death are not natural in the sense that they are not part of the original plan. They are a part of nature now. Now, the church is going to say that because of man's sin, the world is different. So original sin is not just this moral baggage that we carry around. Original sin also has kind of damaged creation itself. And as a result of sin, there is suffering, there is death, there is kind of what feels like bad luck. The whole world has been damaged, right? And so illness is a part of this damage that's really a, a result of sin. Now, I think that that's something we really ought to let soak in, that it's not a direct connection, but it is an outgrowth of a sinful world. And I think that's something that the church can speak to in its, in its rituals and in its prayers, that we are really, despite the fact that medicine can do all kinds of good things for us, we are all still going to die. And I think that that's something that we also should stop and realize, that even in the gospel, Jesus healed the sick. And in fact, healing the sick is one of the signs of the kingdom. And yet, every single person that Jesus healed, including Lazarus, who he raised from the dead, will later go to die again later. Because men and women are not going to live in this world forever. We are kind of stuck with this situation of a sinful, broken world. Or as St. Paul tells us, the wages of sin is death. And that's also true, by the way, in a mental health situation. I think a lot of uh, modern medicine, while it does a lot of good things, particularly in the mental health department, I do think that it kind of lacks some understanding that we will never really be perfect here. That what really ails us is not always just brain chemical imbalances and things like that, that there can be something really deep inside us that is broken. All right, so all that aside, we've talked about the illness, we've talked about sin, so what is the sacrament trying to do? I would like to say that the sacrament of anointing of the sick is not so much for restoring health as it is for healing. Now, okay, I, I would probably roll my eyes if I were you. If you just rolled your eyes, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But hear me out. We know that God does heal through the hands of doctors and the medical establishment. And let's be honest, when a doctor does surgery or a doctor prescribes a medication, it's not the doctor that heals. The doctor sets up the body to go through the healing process on its own. The church is always going to see these, these arts and these sciences as really participating in God's wisdom and in God's healing. But the church, the church is not here to take the role of the doctor. The church is here to take the role of the heavenly physician, to heal this part of us that's broken on the inside. Let me give you just a practical consequence of what that looks like. 
what does illness do to us, right? Illness, it really means that we can't live the way that we did before. I and mean, I'll give you an example. I had COVID about a year ago and it really, it knocked me down. It, it knocked me down pretty hard. And I wasn't able to do the things that I like to do. I wasn't able to taste food the way that I did before. I couldn't do my job or be with people the way that I was before. My sickness, fundamentally for me, was a reminder of my own limitation, but it was also a reminder that I had to live my life differently now. I was now isolated and alone, and honestly, really confronted with the fact of mortality, that I'm not going to live forever. Something is going to take me out. Now, when the church anoints us with that oil and the sacramental gesture, what happens? God works on healing that interior wound caused by sin, that isolation, that brokenness. And the church herself and the person of the priest stands with us and says that we are not alone, brings Christ's healing to the broken, right? Have you ever wondered why in the gospel Jesus asked the 72 disciples to heal the sick? I always feel like if, if my bishop told me heal the sick, I would think he was trying to find an excuse to fire me. But Jesus' command is, is for everybody, right? Heal the sick. Go out and address these wounds of brokenness and isolation and, and, and just sin that, that affects people, even if it's not their fault. And when we're anointed with that oil, what happens? Yes, that healing power of Jesus that shows the kingdom is present in the gospel is poured out on us. But even more interiorly, our suffering is united with his on the cross. That our suffering becomes a martyria, a witness to who we are. And if we can't suffer and die as Christians, I don't know what kind of witness, what kind of martyria we think we're giving, but it's certainly not the right one. We know from church history that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of Christians. And so in the same way, the suffering of the sick is the seed of your parish. It's the seed of your family. It's the seed of your sanctification. And by being anointed and healed with that holy oil, Christ is able to suffer in you and through you bring your sufferings to heavenly glory. So I think that's really cool. I think the sacrament is way, way more interesting than just something the priest has to do when you're in the hospital or else I don't know what happens, but it really means something on its own. And there's a, there's a great beauty there. So I encourage you to open up the catechism and start to explore a little bit about the details. You know, how's the oil consecrated? Who can do this? How long does it go back? That's really not my focus here, but I want to focus a little bit on that theme of illness and sickness and sin and, and the healing that Christ commands his church to perform. But this has been the Catholic Link podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. You can head on over to catholiclink.org and you can find all of our material over there. Lots of great older podcasts, lots of great YouTube videos, articles, our social media, all that stuff's there. Go check that out. Until next time, my name is Father Rob Adams. Thanks for listening and I hope to see you next time.